0: Listening to a 302 Birds podcast experience, proudly powered by Tic Pic, Cuthet, El Diablo Burritos, Nick's Pizza, and Klondike Cakes on the heart of Main Street. Welcome to another episode of 302 Birds, guys. Tommy's excited, extra excited in uh tonight because we only have like one Eagles topic for you guys. It's a baseball show as a whole. So I know we're really excited to jump into that. We have a great call-in for you guys, a good friend from high school. Get right into the show. Thanking El Diablo for sponsoring our weekly call-ins, as always.
1: What do I want when I'm in the state of Delaware? Of course, El Diablo Burritos. Customer service always is serving your food with a smile on their face, asking how your day is. Their food is phenomenal as well. Their burritos are out of this world, one of the best burritos in town. Their queso is phenomenal. Burrito bowls are amazing as well. When you're in and around Delaware, stop by your local El Diablo Burritos and tell them that 302 Birds sent you. God bless your bird. Thank you to El Diablo Burritos for that sponsorship. If you want your local burrito, come to Delaware for that. Tonight's call, and we got Don, or as I used to call him, Dante. Uh, Dante, show your face, please. Thanks. There you are, Dylan. How you hey, doing, buddy? How about that, guys? Good. How are you? Fantastic! Nice to see your beautiful face. What question got for us tonight?
2: Yeah, so I guess the call-in question for today is: Are we excited about the Whit Merrifield acquisition, and what could this potentially mean for this Phillies team this year?
3: I'll give it to Tommy. You'll give it to me first. of all, you're too kind to me. Um, well Don, I'll tell you this much: I'm very excited about it. Um, I think early on in the season, we'll see him playing a lot of left field just because Marsh had that knee surgery and he probably isn't going to be right for opening day. But as the season goes on, I think he's going to, I, I think he's going to play an important role that like the Phillies haven't really had in a while, mostly because they, I don't know, they were, they were bad for 10 years. And then now they finally had that luxury of, they have a good problem of too many good players, but they need guys who can come off the bench and, and play like crucial, like, Give him, give him quality at bats late in games, and and will provide a veteran presence. And I think that's something Whit Merrifield does, is he's been a batting champ in the AL when he was when he had days with the Royals, and he's been a he's been an All Star three times, and he was an All Star last year with the Blue Jays. Um, I think he'll play key role. He'll give guys days off in left field. He'll give. Uh, Bryson started day off when he needs it over a 162 game season. He'll, he'll add some depth to this team in which we saw it last year. There were injuries throughout the season and, and we needed guys to step up with Merrifield. He's kind of going to be a utility guy. He probably can't play center field anymore, but he can play pretty much anywhere. If we really want to put him at third base, we could. He played sometime there last year with the blue Jays. So, i uh, just seeing the early results. I know it's a small sample size, early results in spring too. He's gotten a hit every game. He's gotten doubles. He's got a few home runs already. It, it's exciting to watch. And it's exciting when a guy has an immediate, has immediate results. Cause you're like, okay, this isn't, this, this isn't going to be a bust. At least that's, that's the hope to begin with.
2: Yeah. And I think to piggyback off you, Tommy is <clears throat> we're still trying to figure out if Johan Rojas is going to be the answer in the outfield center field. Um, You know, starting out, Johan is going to be playing uh, just because you, like you said, that Marsh injury, he's not going to be allowed to be coming back. I mean, hopefully he's back by opening day, but if he's not, then, you know, at least we have Mary field to take over left while Marsh moves back to center. Um, But when Marsh is healthy, and Johan's healthy, and say Johan's having one of his cold stretches, then we have that utility guy, like you're saying, just a plug right there in the outfield. Or Castellanos needs a day off, we can move him over the right. I mean, this really does expand what we can do in the outfield. We don't need to rely on Schwarber anymore to fill in in the outfield um, when someone's having you know a day off or anything like that. So I think this was a very, very good signing for the Phillies. It was it was a smart signing. They didn't go out and try to get a you know. Hall of Fame pitcher or anything like that. They needed they needed depth in the in the dugout and they got him with Merrifield.
4: Merrifield uh even said he declined a everyday um opportunity to play second base for a team. So it just shows you where his head's at. He he just wants to win at the end of the day and he's not gonna be out there all one sixty two, but um he's perfect to have. He can play all around the field and you know, um like Tommy mentioned, Marsh is a little banged up. So he's going to be uh really nice to have when somebody gets hurt and is out for a couple weeks. And you could slot him right in there and, you know, whole hit for contact. So great signing.
0: How did you feel about the signing, Dante?
2: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think Tommy hit it right on the head. Um, I really think that. Injury wise, um, this helps out a lot. Unforeseen things, we have guys who run into slumps, right? Let's not forget Trey Turner went through that slump before he had, he played outstanding for us to round out the season. Um, so I think he's great for unforeseen issues, um, creates a lot of different mobility through the lineup. Um, you know, position wise, defense, like he can play a lot of different places, and that's exactly the player that we need our front office to get.
5: Yeah, I have nothing else to add. You guys all hit it.
1: so Well, yeah. Don, it was a pleasure seeing you on this call. Appreciate you bringing the good questions, and uh, hopefully we'll see you on more
2: often. Yeah, thanks for having me on, everyone. All right, thanks. bro. Thanks thanks. On, all right, bro. No Charles. No no fight Have a good
0: night. Yeah, see ya. And if you guys don't, check out Don on TikTok. He's a good friend of ours, like we said, uh, from St. Joe's with me and Tommy. He lived with Tommy, freshman, freshman year as well. Year. I live with Tommy. So we know we both know the commonality of
2: look at that face. Look where it froze. <laughs> uh,
3: yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Love Don. My power just flickered. I, I thought it I thought it was me for a second. It wasn't you. No. I'm glad. <laughs> that was all
1: that was all Dalton. What were you saying, Dalton? You want to move on?
0: I had no clue what the hell just happened. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, you you look like um, (laughs) who me?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm unfrozen now, right? Yes. Yes. Cool. All of you guys are too. (laughs) Anyway, appreciate you guys. Um, Let's get into our next segment, ballpark time. Time for Billy's
3: Talk with Ma, Tommy. Jinger's And thanks to our sponsor, Nick's Pizza, who's never oh, frozen. Oh. Always fresh pizza, never frozen. <laughs> Unlike Dutch. Uh, <laughs> Tommy, how are you feeling about, you know, the spring season opening up? Now out? Jack's how about frozen. The- uh jack um i think it's great i think they've gotten off to a hot start they the two ties that they had that were because of abysmal pitching late in game from nobodies who definitely won't be on this squad in about two weeks probably even when they start to thin out the roster thin out the herd a little bit it but they've been on fire it's been great to see guys like weston wilson crushed a home run on first game and seeing with the guys like Croon and and it's just been good to see Whit Merrifield hit has hit a few dingers now we've got we got JT and and Boom hitting dingers saying their debuts who's uh, Bryce looked looked like a stud over at first base today hey like all the positive signs you wanted to see early on in spring training. Have come to fruition, and it's nice to see. You see, young guys. It's Mick Abel has pitched two solid innings so far. Or Aaron Nola's a stud. It. Um. Uh. What you got? Jose Jose Alvarado, stud. It. I like. They're all just studs. Trey Turner, stud. Bryson Stott, stud. Everyone's a stud right now, and I love it. Yeah, I think it's. I wasn't able
1: to catch any of the games this weekend, but I saw highlights and it's nice seeing, you know, us, the bats come alive in the spring season. Cause that, even though it's not that big of a deal, um, hopefully, you know, this kind of carries over to the regular season and uh, see what we can do. Cause I think this t- team is made uh, to make the run for sure.
3: Absolutely. And we got, we got spring training, MVP Scott Kingery in the mix there too. He had a home run and on game one on Saturday.
1: Did you get your Rita's to
3: watch the game? I did. I did get my Rita's. Nice. That, that nice. was the most important part. That's why they nice. won on that's why they won on Saturdays, because they got my sure. Ritas. Yeah, it's it's the old Tommy. It's awesome. I got I got a nice gelati. T- Tommy's the, there's the one on uh Route One in Drexel Hill. Oh, they they come up with their own like custard, like the Rita's custards, they they make like seven of them or eight of them that you can choose for for a good gelati. Eat. I got the cake batter with some uh, ma- mango Ooh. water ice. Oh, oh, tell it to me. It was banger. It was banging. I- Anybody else have anything to say about the fills? How they're looking?
1: They're fucking,
2: rocking it. Yeah, it's great. Like you said, Tommy. I mean, Harper at first he looked outstanding today. Um you know, real Muto Boehm with some home runs today. I mean, it's just like Philly's baseball's back, man. <laughs> I know, I know. It's fucking great. And like, you know, we got uh we got Ranger Suarez making his first start of the spring on Friday. We got Nola pitching Friday. Um I don't know, it's just there's something there's something in the air. I think they're gonna crack 90 wins this year. They're gonna oh, crack I, 90. Oh, don't don't get don't get me that excited. It's no, but like but excited. like they just they right now, I when they first I, I remember saying this, I think, a couple weeks ago when they arrived to spring training, they had this swagger that they were like, we're going to fucking do it this year. Like we have the pieces that we need. And I really do think that, you know, they're not done making a splash, making additions to their team. I think they're going to play the first half of the season. And then when the trade deadline comes, they're going to make an even bigger splash, Uh, you know, really address an area of the team that may be lacking. Yeah. Um, but I think right now they're they're really happy with what they have. And hearing, you know, Bryson Stott talk about how much fun the club has, uh, the club, the clubhouse is and all of these players just saying, you know, what, what a blast it is to be on the, uh, on that team. It's just, they, they have a vibe like no other, and you can see it in the spring training games. Um, it's just been a lot of fun to watch. I can't wait for opening day.
5: Yeah, it's good to see them playing as a team, as it really seems to be one pretty darn cohesive unit already, which is really good because I'm just hoping that we start off this season better than we started off last season. Last season, the start was a complete train wreck. Um, so it's been super fun seeing them have fun and seeing some players just come out and ball out already in spring training. has been so much fun.
2: What do you think the highlight of the spring has been so far for you guys? You know, who, who do you think showing up when you're like, oh, all right,
3: Weston Wilson's the top candidate, that's for sure. Weston Wilson, then I think Whit Merrifield, honestly. Like between the two of them, like every time I, I either tune tune in or or like listen on the radio, like the days are not on TV or something like that. Whit Merrifield's always getting on base and Weston Wilson's just clubbing the ball like between the two of them. I think they're they're early spring MVP the Say the least.
2: Yeah, I um I think one thing that's really been a shocker to me is the difference in the way Johan Rojas is, ap- yes. is approaching the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, his swing looks a lot shorter, a lot simpler than last yes. year. Um, he's making contact with the ball. I mean, I we always forget last year in the regular season he did hit like 330, like he was having a good offensive, you know, run. But then the playoffs hit, and he went. What one for fifty or something like that? It was yeah, awful. he won ice
3: cold. Um,
2: and I know over the off season, they really worked on his swing form and how he you know approaches approaches these these at bats. And you know early on in the spring we can definitely see a difference, and hopefully he keeps it up and really gains some confidence going into the regular season. And he certainly got swole. Oh yeah, yeah.
4: that's what I was gonna say. He he looks like he gained like twenty pounds of muscle.
3: He was eating Decker's chickens. That's for sure. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Another positive spot, though, is Mick Bell. He, Abel, he, yes, he was a yeah, he,
3: he was a stud, absolute stud in his outing.
2: He um he looked he was controlling, you know, the plate when he was playing. I can't wait to see him pitch again. Um, I think he's kind of a dark horse to make the roster this year. Um, whether it be a bullpen, you know, bullpen arm, or you know, take that fifth starter spot. I mean, I know Christopher Sanchez is not solidified into that. Um, so I mean, if Micah Bell has an outstanding spring and Christopher Sanchez kind of falls off a little bit, I could see him taking that fifth spot because he has some
3: nasty stuff, man. It was a lot of fun to watch him. I know that they said that (laughs) because after his outing against the Yankees they had him throw a bullpen session they want him to be a starter for sure I so I know they're trying to they said the problem right now is he can't go super long so he might it's the only thing that might stop them from having him be on the opening day roster is he he might get sent down simply because he can't go long enough in the games yet
5: I think he's somebody that if we don't use him as a starter this season, definitely next season as he continues just to kind of develop, but it's been really cool to see him play the way that he has in these first couple of spring training games. I'll be curious to see what happens.
3: Absolutely. If he can't solidify that fifth starting spot, would you guys like him in the bullpen? I would love him in the bullpen. I think he's got a very mature mindset. Um, They have a lot of guys in that bullpen. They keep going to year after year, like um, um, uh, Coonrod, like Brogden, Coonrod, and um, who's the other guy that they keep going to? But um, Pilati. That between the three of them, they never seem to get Like they can get their shit together for like ten games in a row, and then it. And everybody's like, they're here they figured it out and then they had a wall. Oh, so I would like to see someone like Mick maybe like mix him in. You'll see a guy like Kirkering probably come in. I'd rather that than keep keep beating a dead horse with with guys like like those guys who time and time again they show us they're only good for about 10 games and after that they have a very clear expiration date in the season.
2: Yeah. I think it'd be great to have a bullpen arm that can go extra innings. You know, not that one two punch. I mean, if they do want to work him up to have kind of the durability to go six, seven innings, I think that would be a great way to get him started is working the bullpen for four innings, you know, if we're having a struggler you know that's starting, that would be great to kind of get him out there second, third inning and have him pitch into the seventh or something like that.
3: Absolutely. Take the opener approach.
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: Progressive man, mad over there. (laughs) Progressing the game of baseball one step at a time.
2: (laughs) What team does the opener? Is that the Astros? They do the opener.
3: They do it a little bit, but it's the Rays that do it a lot. Okay. Yeah. All those analytics, and that's why they take out their best starters after (laughs) defending in a World Series game.
2: The the Diamondbacks did that too. Yeah, they did.
3: Yeah. Oh, it was so annoying. It's the most annoying thing in the world. Cause you don't know what to prepare for. <laughs> so, you know, I'm you know how for? I am preparing for
0: how to prepare. Oh, take it. I can already hear you and I are on the same wave. Like, take it.
1: Like we said, the downfall, of these 76ers, I mean, they're going down, 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 down. This spiral continues. What is going on with our Sixers? Like, is it Embiid, or is it just the fact that you know they're not a good team, and we were promised so much to the be season, being the season, and after Embiid got injured, kind of hit this downhill spiral. So, what do we think is happening
3: with these Sixers? I'll take it. They're a terrible team. I said it at the beginning of the season, <laughs> and we got sold up bag of goods by josh harris again and just like we got sold a bag of goods on the mlb jerseys from him with his his cheap ass fanatics it's all about profits with that guy doesn't care about the fans he doesn't care about completing the process he wants to sell us another bag of goods uh, it's, he's a fraud uh, and a new
4: stadium good.
3: Yeah, he wants a new stadium in the middle of Chinatown. He wants to ruin another good community. Hey, great. You know what, buddy? You ruined part of Camden with with expanding your facilities over there when Camden would, looked like they were on the up and up and finally starting to recover from a from a, a lot of bad economic years. Now you want to ruin Chinatown. You you ruined my 76ers. You've ruined my MLB jerseys. <laughs> he's, he's he's Josh Harris is a fraud and the Sixers are a terrible team. The only one that shows me any promise is Maxie. Tobias Harris looks like he forgot how to dribble a basketball. Oh, same with Kelly Oubre. He it looks like that hit he took early in the season and knocked his memory out of how to dribble a basketball. Oh, his whole team stinks. He's up and down the lineup. Kelly Oubre couldn't hit the ocean if he tried to right now. Every time I tune into the game, um, it's t- it's turnover to Isaiah Harris. He's definitely a- he's definitely the right sponsor of Crumble Cookies because the man crumbles without Embiid. <laughs> oh my <You> know? God, <laughs> this team stinks without Embiid. Embiid. He is def- definitely deserved the MVP last year because no team, I think, falls apart more without one player than the Sixers do. Embiid is the 76ers. We're gonna, we should rename this team the Philadelphia Embiids because that's all that this team is. Without Embiid, they're nothing.
0: Tom, can we get you in the freaking locker room right now? Because I think you should just go up and down to every single player Except and Matt, let them know. I, and, you, and Ricky Council. You already said him that. So, yes. you know, like, but go up and down to every single player in the locker room and give them your speech. Um, I think you're going to get to two guys until one of them hits you. Uh, the point being, <laughs> I, think I have to say, I think it's just a mid-season spiral. Your, your main guy and out, and I'm usually one when it comes to the Sixers to be negative. But I'll just say this. I think it's it's a mid-season spiral. Somebody yesterday, I think it was actually Tony I was talking about, with our RA. Um, we were saying how we think it could be a positive thing that Embiid is actually coming back later in the season. Give him some time to rest. Give him some time to recharge. Um, usually later in the season, Embiid starts to kind of turn it up from what we've seen. And then he kind of you know falls off. The wheels fall off in the playoffs maybe this will be a good thing that he'll turn it up right when we get back to the playoffs or maybe he'll be pretty decent and then really turn it up when we get to the finals. I'm just saying this is like our last chance. This is the, this is Joel Embiid's final swan dance as they say with the Sixers. I feel like if you don't win this year, I feel like you have to trade him almost at highest value, right?
2: Definitely. I mean, well, no, I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with trading him. Um, I mean, the as Tommy said, dance he part, was... <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's it's. This is the best team that I think we've had because of Nick Nurse and the way that he likes to coach. Nick Nurse was doing a fantastic job with Embiid in the lineup, um, and it's clearly been a struggle without Embiid because no one's really stepping into that superstar role except Maxi. Um, you know, Tobias Harris is supposed to be that veteran guy, and he's doing jack shit. Um, Kelly Oubre clearly was relying on how open he was when Embiid was playing. You know, because Embiid kept getting double teamed, kind of allowed us to move the ball a lot better. Um, we don't really have a solidified center. I mean, Mo Bamba's Mo Bamba. Um, you know, it's it's it is what we it can't is.
3: Forget my All Star Paul Reed though.
2: Yeah, I mean but what is he he's he's not an actual center. He's like a power forward. He's not tall enough to be a center. Correct. Um but anyways, I think earlier I was concerned about, you know, let's keep him beat out until the playoffs, but now I'm actually concerned if we're even going to make the playoffs. Um because they're losing a lot of games. And like it is not good, so like I think as soon as Embiid is healthy, he needs to start playing again. Um because if we miss the playoffs completely, that's embarrassing. That's just bad. And, um, you know, that can't fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm i redacting my statement earlier in our show saying that I want to beat out into the playoffs. I want to back as soon as possible because this has got to stop. It's got to stop. It's got to stop. <laughs>
5: I'm pretty yeah. sure a couple weeks ago I said I will believe that we will be good when I see it. And here we are like every other year again, this is a little bit early for them to start crapping it out but they're not doing well at all i watched a couple of games recently and i literally had to turn them off i mean last night what did we lose by like 18 points or something astronomical like i didn't even we're... know
3: they were on i was watching i was watching the flyers instead
5: <laughs> so again we're losing by like not not losing by small margins we're not coming close and then losing we are losing by those really large margins that we can't afford to be losing by. And if we're supposedly this team that everybody needs to be afraid of, we need to start playing like it.
1: Yeah. And like I said, due to the trade deadline, I mean, that was a complete fold. Buddy Heald had a good few games, but he hasn't done shit since, you know, recently. And, you know, is it okay? We need Embiid, right? But it's like to the point now where you can't invest so much into Embiid where you have to rely on him. You need to, change the face of the team where you can rely on, you know, some other player other than Maxi when Embiid's out or, or a good player like Embiid is out because, you know, we thought they had depth. And, I mean, it just seems like since Embiid's been out, it's just been a downhill spiral. And it's just like, all right, do we really need Embiid? We obviously do, but next season, you know, we can't heavily invest in one player because once that player is done, our season's done. So what do we do as as a as you know the GM of the Sixers? What do we do? You know, do we invest around Maxi or what? Um, that's just my question I need to ask.
4: Build around
2: Tobias. Oh fuck you. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Could you imagine that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh god. I'm getting
4: to the point where it's I I mean, it's like, why why haven't we tried to bench him? You know, just spark something and at the end of the day Philadelphia just doesn't want to admit that they made a brutal mistake giving him a max contract like he Ricky Council's outperforming Tobias right now it's one of the worst stretches I've ever seen and frankly he doesn't have the
2: mentality to play in Philadelphia he doesn't have the mentality to play anywhere that that guy's garbage Man, he is Detroit so bad. <laughs> Detroit I think Council needs to take over his spot though. I mean, yeah. like you said, he's Ricky. playing a lot better. And and at the end of the day too, it's
4: you know, you love to have those players that are like, you know, in and out of the G League trying to fight their way for a roster spot, like he's going to give you his all and at, we were making a little run against the Celtics with like the campaign Ricky Council lineup and then um Nurse decided to you know, put in Mr. Tobias Harris and the rest of the starters and <laughs> we fell apart. So, you know, there you know, are some bright spots. You, 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 got, you got to look at the positive sometime. And, like, Ricky Council and, you know, Campaign are giving us good
1: minutes off the bench. You know, we're in the middle of it. I mean, these Flyers are fighting back. They're in third place in the Metropolitan Division right now. How are we feeling about these Flyers? This team that we expected to have a downfall – the next three years and they're kind of you know our bright spot as philadelphia fan base how are you how are we liking the flyers tom you said you watched the flyers because you know the Sixers play last night so how are
3: we how are we feeling about this team well unlike the sixers they were definitely lights out last night no pun in, t- well pun was very intended for the- last night hey I'm not sure if any of you watched the game like half the stadium's power went out and like caused a delay in the first period and like they had to like like when the first period ended like no one really knew they were just keep they just kept playing and all of a sudden the refs are just violently like blowing their whistles because the horn couldn't even sound and because they uh because the power was out for the horns so like half the ice was lit up, half the ice wasn't. And the the scoreboard was out. The horn was out. Like it was a hot mess in the first period. And all of a sudden it just came back on like late in the second period. The power, they probably gave a good Delco electrician, you know, so a a good, a a beer and a, and a, and a thing of ice cream called it a day. That's probably how they got it back, but they looked solid against the lightning last night. especially against a goalie who's two-time Stanley Cup champion. They look solid.
0: They played great hockey last night. I ended up betting on them. I think it was in the second when it was like one-to-one. Or maybe it was in the first. It was definitely in the – I think it was in the second. I took them when it was plus one – plus 143 odds, though. And I ended up hammering that. Made some really good money off that. So, the Flyers have been really interesting this year. I mean, you're looking at them right now. Out of their 60 games played, remember, this was a team that was supposed to be the second or third worst team in In the the NFL. Yeah, in the league. Right now, out of 60 games, 31 wins, 22 losses. Uh, What's OTL, Tom? Overtime losses? Yes. Seven of them. So, I mean, these guys are playing great hockey.
3: They got sixty nine points on the year. Nice,
1: oh,
3: nice. Somebody.
0: Love <laughs> With <that>. the stat.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, so
1: this this bears the question: um, as a Philadelphia fan base, do we just not invest any time to any of our teams, and they'll sneaky, you know, surprises like the Flyers are doing? Because, I mean, like I said earlier, like we expected nothing from the Flyers, and the Flyers are playing. Probably the greatest hockey, you know, they've played in the last couple years. So I mean, I watched a few games, and they looked like it's so nice. Just like they don't give two f's about anything. They are no. wanting to win. They are wanting to score goals. They're wanting to hit somebody. Um, it was like last week. I forget who who it was, but uh, there was a so- a solid fight on the ice. That it was Delorié. Yeah, Cauthier. No, Delorié. Delorier. That was, I watched like the highlights of that. That wasn't like, they sized each other up and they, you know, no bar. They just swung at each other. So having that kind of mindset in the season is helping out these flyers. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what they can do, you know, going into the playoffs.
2: I'm telling you, I think it all changed when Torch was like, our team sucks. <laughs> I really think that was the deciding factor. I, um, you know, when you have a coach that literally just to the Philadelphia media says our team sucks. um, I mean, like that's going to, that's going to light a fire under the players' asses. So, I mean, I think, you know, as Philadelphia fans, we gotta, we gotta say thank you to torts because he is, he single handedly made this team such a good hockey team to watch. And I really do hope that he gets coach of the year. We'll see if it happens. He deserves it.
3: In my opinion, a hundred percent. He deserves it. And his, but once he realized we were actually somewhat good this year, the second most important quote came out: "That we have balls."
5: Oh yeah, yes,
3: <laughs> <All> <laughs> yeah,
0: He's had a lot of good quotes this year.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know it's...
0: who's had a lot of good quotes? Just not that one bet yet. He's been one leg away for practically <laughs> how Story many my weeks? Life. Now, Decker. Story, Story of, life. of
4: my life. I can't fucking take it anymore.
0: He's always uh, slaving
4: away at parlays for your bank accounts' benefit,
0: ladies and gentlemen. Decker Locks, proudly powered by the Sharps app.
4: I gotta do uh, one of those parlays um, that, like, if you miss by one, you still get some back or something. Because this is getting ridiculous, you know. Phil- I didn't know you could. Do Philadelphia that. It's is not, always like, illegal a- to me. I know. Uh, Philadelphia is always coming up short, so. I'm tired of it. All right. Shows that you're from so, the
0: city, right? So are your parlays. Yep. Apparently, I guess is what you're saying. But this week we're gonna change it. We've been saying that, but this week take us home, Decker.
4: Uh yes, yeah, so this is uh all tomorrow night slate. Um, we got the Knicks against the Warriors tomorrow at home. Um, definitely think they can win outright, and that's really good value right there. Um, we got suns tomorrow you know the big three is playing really good duran and booker and beal um the nets are you know they suck because the ben simmons curse but uh they're playing the hawks tomorrow and trey young's out for a month so i like this spot for the nets and then uh fellas we got I believe twenty more days till March Madness, greatest time of the year for sports. So uh, we got two little uh, college basketball picks: uh, Gonzaga. I think they're uh, four and a half point favorites on the road, but they're uh, ranked again. They're starting to get hot. And then uh, Rutgers money line at home against bum ass Michigan. So yeah, March anything can happen. It's a new month tomorrow, and nope. you know it's hope, a leap year. Oh yeah, shit. Yeah, well, yeah. Once March hits,
2: then we're gonna hit every single bet. So plus thirteen thirty <laughs> odds, you can't beat that. No, wait, Decker. Do you know what I think is gonna happen? Since tomorrow is leap year, you know that's the luckiest day in the in you know. In Ooh. The year. I think this is gonna hit, man. I'm gonna tell you. And, I'm gonna. A, I'm gonna tell you. I'm, I'm
0: telling it too, dude. I'm telling it too. I want to ask you one question though before I tell it. There's one leg that I want to ask you about, Decker. The Nets yeah. like, can you, can you please just give me confidence on that? Because is is Trey Young playing for the uh, Hawks or no, it's in Brooklyn. That, that,
4: that's why, I, I mean, the Nets have been stinking recently, but um Trey Young's out for the next month and I just think it's a, fi- oh, looking at it now, the line just moved to two and a half. What does that, what do they know that we don't know? So. Do um, yeah, well, you, you know that I don't win. know? What the fuck does that mean? Are you yeah. are you saying don't take this now? Like <laughs> no, no, I'm You're saying, really saying that. I'm saying that's half? good if the if the line's moving to minus two and a half, we got them at minus two. All
0: right, I'm drawing. I guess I'm tailing it right now then.
1: Uh oh. Yeah, I tell one of your bets back when football season happened. Yeah. Hit, so uh, yeah. I sorry, Just don't sue me. <laughs> don't sue me. <laughs>
0: Um, moving on now to our next topic. Time for everybody's favorite part of the show. 302 trivia with your host, Jack Darden, the mayor of Delaware.
1: Thank you to Tick Pick. Like I said, the Phillies are playing, the Flyers are playing, the Sixers are playing. Use Tick Pick to get any tickets for any game. Um, so tonight's question we have for you is with 440 yards with a 3.3 average per carry, Which Eagle led the team in rushing during the 1991 season? A, James Joseph, B, Deuce Staley, C, Randall Cunningham, or D, Poe James? Again, with 440 yards with a 3.3 average per carry, which Eagle led the team in rushing during the 1991 season? A, James Joseph, B, Deuce Staley, C, Randall Cunningham, or D, Poe James? We'll give the answer at the end of the show. perfect thank you so we covered the flyers
0: we covered the sixers we covered all that you know what we haven't covered yet another special moving along i haven't even looked at it yet which kind of makes me excited but you guys have been loving this segment let us know in the comments if you have been loving it but i'll kick it to hoss himself first
4: saddle on up for hoss's hot takes across you
2: you can see and tail your friend's hottest bits I love it. That's so good. I love it. It gets me every it gets me every single time, man. Uh, thank you the Sharps again for sponsoring us. Uh, where you can tail and watch your friends hottest bets as I described in the intro there. Sign up using promo code 302D866 302D866. My hot take for the week is October is the greatest month in all sports. And I I have my reasons, but I want to hear what you guys have to say about that. Sold
5: old yeah i'm not gonna argue with that one
4: sports equinox and especially when um your baseball team's in that in that red october man oh nothing like it they what would be golf. a challenger month
0: like matt like what would be a challenger month in your head like we I mean, were making this
2: hot take did you have one month in your head like july or something like no i were, was like- i was thinking april you got the Masters. You got baseball. You got hockey. Ooh, you got basketball. You got, championship. Yeah, you got, and then it's yeah. the end of March Madness. Yeah. So I mean, like it. I think that's a challenger. I was thinking more. You know, I think personally the MLB playoffs are the 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 best playoffs in all of sports. Um, and to me, that just takes the cake. And you also do have that four four sport equinox, you know, especially when you get that one day when the Eagles are playing, Phillies are playing, Flyers are playing, Sixers are playing happens rarely, but sometimes it happens, but you know, but I can also see how someone would say April. I would say April. You're a golf guy though, aren't you? You're a big golf guy.
1: Yeah. Um, For what you just said, um, the masters, I love watching the masters, March madness, I personally love watching March Madness. I think that's the best playoff yeah. there is in any of the sports because it's March Madness. Anything can happen. Anything yep. can happen. You can have a 15 seed beat a 1 seed. You can have a 7 seed beat a 2 seed. Like there's so much that's why it's called March Madness. So I would definitely think March, the tail end of of March into April is my type of uh my favorite type of the year because I mean, granted I'm not the biggest MLB fan but you know October is special uh, but like you said you can't really play much golf in October um, and it's nice you know playing 18 holes with your buddy in April watching the Masters like that is my mm-hmm. favorite thing to do so that's why I think I would tell you and say I like April the most out of uh, all the months for sports
2: what other months do you think I think I think April and October are two really good months do you guys have any other months in mind
5: I would say uh, August. Well, because August you're getting into preseason football. hmm Um, and
2: just the weather is
5: solid in August most of the time. So you're able it's to disgusting
2: wipe. in August. It's so hot and gross.
0: I like I, it I, in August. I'm with Ash. Yes, yeah,
2: because like, you I, find I, ninety degrees cold. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> not wrong. <Girl.
5: laughs> um okay, can I say the weather is consistent in August? We're not having right like there. this April thing where it's a roller coaster. Um, I love any time that I get to just be outside for anything. So you are outside a lot during the summer. So that's why I would say August with you do have multiple sports playing at the same time too.
0: All right. I Matt. think as far as sports entertainment, I'm with October though. You don't yeah. have to tell me because like I went to the Phillies playoff game and that was just such a different experience. You can ask Tom I never really was that much into baseball until I went to that atmosphere. And I was like, wow, this is just different. Um, There's something to be said about Phillies playoff baseball. That night when the Eagles were playing, I've never not cared about an Eagles game really in my life, like since I can remember. And, you know, the Texans were playing the Eagles in that World Series game, and I just didn't care. So that month alone, like Matt also said, when the Equinox is there, that's one of the coolest feelings in the world. So you got me sold, dude. This is like the easiest hot take I think you've ever given me. Thank you like, for giving Like I said, that sold.
5: Crazy. Right. Real, <laughs> quick,
4: <laughs> uh, real quick to comment on Haas' hot take, uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo did a list today of the hardest sports,
2: and one was baseball, two was golf. Wait, no, wait. I also want to piggyback off that. There is a professional tennis player that said tennis was the hardest sport.
3: But we can all agree he was wrong.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mad Dog
4: also had curling for so. Curling,
3: curling is, is hard, though. though. Oh, I, I'm, not, is hard. Dis-
4: I'm not lying. I'm not saying it's not hard, but like to have curling
2: over football and hockey. Football's absolutely. not on there. Football's not a hard sport. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think that's Is we're we're not going there. Yeah, he had uh football 5, uh curling
4: <laughs> 4, tennis 3, golf 2, baseball 1.
3: See, hockey's harder than football.
0: Ha- like yeah. hockey's harder than all of them. You need to skate and control a puck and then shoot it on a goal while other guys are trying to knock you off your skates. Whoa, well, a guy is standing in the goal with pads. It's basically as big as the goal. <laughs> like,
2: wow. Don't just explain hockey in the dumbest way possible. Give, give it up, up for don't. <laughs> you guys. Don't we you
0: explain <laughs> to me how golf is more, how you have to do more things at once. And it takes more like,
2: Okay, okay. Yeah, we, we really all should. Right, all this right. Yeah. Before we start like,
3: this up again,
2: <laughs> this wait, you could argue seconds.
0: in a way that slap-shotting. I mean, we have the time, technically. We can go ahead and, and take like <laughs> two minutes for it. Go ahead, Jack.
1: I just <laughs> talked to one of our buddies, Casey, and who just recently picked up golf like a year and a half ago, two years ago. And he's played baseball all his life. And he mm-hmm. told me that playing. Golf, picking golf up is the hardest sport other than baseball because granted, yes, you do it, you know, until you're old, but you take, it takes you years to, to score below a 65. Like it's nothing easy. Like I, I average like a, you know, 75, 80 What? and I play, I play pretty frequently. Like I'm playing, I played multiple times in the summer or in the winter time this year and I've been playing for like 14 years.
2: So seventy five, yes. No way. That's bullshit. I'm calling your. I'm calling your. Boss, had- We're gonna have to oh, do that vlog. And uh,
0: Frank keeps freaking, you know, talking to us about Jack. I think Matt, you, and me maybe will go out on the course or something and uh, hold hold you to uh, that. You want a little Bob
2: does sports action.
1: That's fine with me, but I'm just saying he's like, a good
0: golfer. He's been playing golf like literally since he could walk.
1: It's it's very even baseball and golf, but I think golf has the edge a little bit Um, because it is really hard. It is really hard to score what the the pros do on PJ tour. Like that is impossible.
2: Like I have a stat. Actually, I'm going to pull up really quickly. It's not that it's not that I'll I'll pull it up quickly. So 0.92% of any golfer breaks 70. Only 2% of golfers break 80 in their life. 25% of golfers break 90 in their life. 70% golfers break 100 in their life. And 99% golfers break 200 in their life. That's how hard it is. And breaking 80 is not even close to shooting what the pros shoot. Yeah. That's how hard that sport is. Where I guarantee there's probably 40% of the people who were to try baseball for a month could hit a 90 mile an hour fastball. If they worked at it.
3: Well, hold on. You just, the stats you just put up of breaking like 70 and all that, like on a yeah. regular basis, like the pros do. Hold on. Now we got to compare apples to apples. So it's hitting a 90 mile per hour fastball one time and shooting 70, under 70 regularly are two totally different things. things. No, 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 not
2: regularly. I'm talking about breaking it. Just once.
3: Breaking it once. 2% of golfers have done it. I feel like you have... The, I'm not sure what the equivalency would be in baseball. Because hitting a 90-mile-per-hour fastball just once, I feel like wouldn't be the equivalency to that. I feel like that's... Like, sh- like hitting one baseball once is easier. Or, because you're talking over the course of a whole game of golf, right? Just, just being fair. I'm not trying to... Uh, pick too many holes at you here. I'm just I'm just trying to find a fair equivalency.
2: I think if you can hit a 90 mile an hour fastball once it's more it's easier to hit it again. Where golf breaking 70 once it's very hard to break it again.
1: Yes. And Tom, you gotta
3: keep in from in playing account.
2: both golf and baseball. Personally <laughs> I think breaking 70 is a lot harder than hitting a 90 mile an hour fastball.
3: I th- I I think this if you're Wasn't talking my hot for the week i know <laughs> if if you're trying to compare like a professional like you were saying in your original basis of your argument bless and
1: bless
3: you um yes bless you Ew. i think we ha- i i would need to look up like what's the percentage of so breaking 70 once whereas like let's say just an average an average like score for a batter, or I'm gonna say is like we'll we'll say their batting average is like batting like two twenty ish in the MLB. It's like average. Yeah. Yep. It, I would wanna know what that percentage is of people who make the M just to make the MLBs like one in a million and then to hit two twenty on that level is damn is I I bet you that's even more impossible. You have so many guys who come up for short stints and bat like under 100 because they they just weren't cut out for the major leagues. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to compare the two in the same sense like that of like shooting under seven because there is – I don't think there's a fair one-to-one equivalency. I think batting average for just the batting side is – Close, you know, that's a close equivalency, but I wouldn't say it's like a one to one. You know, if I'm just trying to be fair to the argument. One last thing, and then we We can move on. Make this a
5: permanent segment.
3: Yeah, that's good. You also got (laughs) to keep an
1: account when you're on the when you're on the course, right? It's not just Mm -hmm. the straight shot. You got dog legs to the left, dog legs to the right. You got Mm. creeks. You got you got lakes. You got all kinds of um, these different hazards. You got sand traps. Like in mm-hmm. baseball, all you have is the defense, the catcher, and the outfield. Like it's it, it's hard. It's and whatever. That's all I gotta say. We can move on.
0: In hockey, you have the fucking skates, you have the fucking defenses, you have the
1: fucking goal,
0: you have the, us- all, you you, the fucking have goalie
3: and a ball.
0: Do this all night. Anyway, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a joke. In all seriousness, and, and I gotta let to us, us know in the shit. comments, guys, yeah. what you guys think is the hardest sport for real. I really want to know. Uh, seriously, if you're watching this or you watch this at all, let us know in the comments. Let us know in the comments as well. If you're on the Legereus Sneed hype train, we had a little bit of a cryptic Instagram post where he posted a picture of himself, and it had an eagle. That was it. That was all that the photo had. I mean, he's doing a fly like an eagle post, too. Shout out to Joey on the graphic work. I mean, if you're looking closely, he kind of looks like the Kelly Green Eagles logo, too. But the Chiefs have informed Jerry Sneed that they're probably going to use the franchise tag on him. If they don't, I would love if the Eagles went after him. I kind of want them to draft somebody personally, make an investment piece. But this guy played very, very well throughout the playoffs. So if he's not franchise tagged by the Chiefs, I'm all for bringing him to Philadelphia. They also said this week that they're probably going to keep James Bradbury. Me and Jack were talking about it earlier. I'm for moving him to safety at this point. I don't want him in the cornerback position at all. I just think that that's more of a liability. Let him play somewhere in safety where he's smarter.
2: So he has been franchise tagged, but they gave, but he requested permission to seek a trade. Um, which I think honestly, for the chiefs, it's probably a smart move. I mean, might as well get something for him if they had the ability to, he's a fantastic cornerback. So I think the question now is, do we want to trade for him? And me? Yes. I I say go for it because James Bradbury is dog shit. Um, he's washed. He's, he's not, he's not anywhere near the cornerback that we, that we got when we got him. Um, so I, I personally think that we need to we need to go out and trade for another star cornerback because Slay's getting old. Um, and we have a couple of young studs. I, I can't wait to see eyes. But we need someone back there that we know can hold down the backfield. So who would you trade for Snead? Package Bradbury and Picks. Bradbury. <laughs>
1: They're not okay. I I, I see that, I see that. <laughs> <laughs> but that they're not gonna. They're definitely not gonna do that. <laughs> but uh, let's be honest. I think um,
5: no. it's just best.
1: Mm-hmm. It's just best we uh you know see what the draft brings us because um you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of good cornerbacks coming out of this out of this draft, and you know once Sydney Brown is healthy, I think you know he'll be that position. And help out where Bradbury is failing to perform, um, but yeah, I mean, Lajaresni would be a great pickup. But at the same time, it's like you can you can come up with any kind of trade. The Chiefs are not going to trade for him. Um, he is a key player to that defense, um, so I think we'll be we would be asking for a lot or trading a lot um, to get him. So I would love him if it was in the Cards coming to Philly. But at the same time, it's like. No one's gonna to want to trade for Bradbury and picks. Like that's not just how it how how it's gonna
3: be. Fine, bon, I have a more enticing offer for you, Jordan. Bradbury, Quez Watkins, and the Waterboy.
0: boy. I was not thought Tom was gonna say, and a bag of
2: chips.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> a I will say, <laughs> Crumble, the Chiefs, yeah. the Chiefs, and, and, to and Tobias. Hair. Yeah, the Chiefs do need a receiver because they just got they just got uh, let go. Uh, I know they just yes.
3: Yeah. MVS. Yes. How does Scantling?
0: What do you guys think of the eagle caption? Do you guys think that that's like a come and get me? Because, I mean, there's only one way that you're going to interpret that caption, right? Is that a come and get me? Is that cryptic?
3: No, I, I think we're reading too much into this personally. I think you're, I think he was just trying to have fun. He was running out of the tunnel with his arms like that. And I think he just. The eagle emoji kind of looks like that. I, I I think we're, I think it's as simple as that. This happens every
2: off season. There's a big yeah. start. There's a big free agent that you know we want. and They post an eagle, and you're like, all right, they're coming.
0: <laughs> Just saying. There's only one Maybe. way that you're going to interpret that emoji, in my opinion. So I think I think it's cryptic, Tom. I think he's saying. I Come saw and
4: something get it, too. Uh, Come and get it. We had. We had a couple Eagles recruiting him, who he went to college with. I forget exactly who it was. So,
5: Yeah, the there are people on the technology. Instagram comments. Boston.
4: Like, yeah.
0: I saw Boston Scott was one of them. I don't know who the other two are off the top of my head. But go do it, Allie. Like you guys said, I mean, Bradbury's going to stay at this point. Slay's going to stay. So oh, bring in more cornerbacks, which means that those guys are going to be rotation guys. because. The less that I think that they're on the field, and I don't want to say the better, I just mean that now that they're a little bit older, the more depth that you have, I think it's going to be a good thing for the Eagles. Uh, I really do. I think LeJarrius Need would also be like a long-term piece that you could kind of use uh, to figure out. And like I said, cryptic post, Tom, come and get it. I
3: think you're nuts.
0: I know. You know what I think? Uh, I think I'm gonna win the trivia tonight. That's how nuts I think I am. Time for everybody's favorite part of the show, 302 Trivia, with your host, Jack Dalton, the Mayor of Delaware.
1: Thank you to Tick Pick for that sponsorship. Tonight's question we have for you is: With 440 yards with 3.3 average yards per carry, which Eagle led the team in the rush in rushing during the 1991 season? A. James Joseph. B Deuce Staley C Randall Cunningham or D Poe James. Tonight's answer for my trivia is James Joseph. James Joseph.
2: I'm back in the win column, baby. So Matt
1: got it correct. We got Tommy getting it correct. Uh we got Ash getting it correct. Uh, we got Dalton getting it completely wrong, and then uh, Decker getting it completely wrong. So, uh, who did sure Decker say?
0: Up- did Decker say the same Deuce. as me? I said Deuce. You said Deuce. Oh.
1: You said Randall.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a trick question.
3: So, Can I get a what
4: little, little. This guy uh, knows a- nothing
3: a- about the birds, and he hosts a podcast on the birds. <laughs> <laughs> Shut
2: up, <Tom. laughs>
0: I'm coming for you. The fucking reigning champ over there talking shit.
4: (laughs) Real quick, because we just talked about it. The Chiefs are preparing for life without star Legereus Need. Wow. Is that the most recent article? Yeah. And one hour ago, the overwhelming feeling is that the chiefs expect to be playing without Snead in 2024 and rather than lose them in free agency and then receive a compensation pick in the 25 draft, they'll try and get a better pick and return this April. Wow. Well, we just put, we just proposed to trade Howie season.
1: Yeah, it's not going to happen. Hey, but it's hope Hope for the best prepare for the worst. Um, but yeah, you know. Also on this topic, since we're talking about, um, you know, trivia, I'm gonna change it up a little bit. I want to bring some Phillies in and some Sixers in, so it's not just straight Eagles. If you guys are okay with that, next week, maybe oh, Dalton yeah. will start getting some
3: right. Yeah, <laughs> well, thank you I- for
1: take pick for that sponsorship. <laughs> I got nothing else. Trivia,
2: What was that, Dalton? You didn't. You didn't come through.
0: Yeah, sorry. Frank's giving me a call um, because he wants to tell me what the three hardest sports are, which I'll have to get to in a second with him. But um, that's all we got for you, Jack. I don't have anything else unless unless you do. Thank you guys for tuning in and check out the Birdman podcast if you haven't. Take it away, Jack. I was
1: literally about to say, please check out the Birdman podcast. It's a great podcast. I watched it before the show. Um, please stay tuned for that. And look, it just dropped at 8 o'clock tonight, so it's something that you should watch. Uh, without further ado, hey Zep, it's an outro, not an intro. Hit that motherfucking outro. <laughs>
3: Off is hard. How come I'm so good at it when I drink, though?
2: Tom, I still don't believe. That you're good.
3: I don't believe Borby can under 80.